Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of February 27th. It is a busy week in the life of the church and I think kind of socially, anecdotally. It is uh, Ash Wednesday, this coming up Wednesday, which of course is the beginning of Lent, although today is the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time. And uh, for many people in this country, it is Mardi Gras season. In my house, today is known as Pokemon Day. So lots to talk about. Anne, how are you? I'm good, and I regret the error, Haley, that I forgot today. Is is, is today Pokemon Day? So February 27th, 26 years ago today, Pokemon was released, came out, introduced to the world, uh, it was Pokemon Red and Green released in Japan. 24 okay. years ago today, Pokemon Red and Blue was released in the United States. So yes, today is actually February 27th, 27th is Pokemon Day. And every year on February 27th, they announce what new game will be released this oh. year. So they put out teasers leading up to it they of course social media has changed all this uh so they can really throw out teasers but today is the day that they announce what game will be released at the end of the year so it is you know we've talked over the the years that we've done our podcast and about real holidays and and made up holidays yes we have yes pokemon day is a real holiday in the de maria household it is i have a son who just is, is fascinated by all of it, captivated by it. Lo I don't understand it, but I've listened to it for 14 years. It's, but it's, it is a day that he marks on the calendar and counts down to. He, I, you know, for our listeners, I look at Haley when we're recording this, and I just want to make note for those who cannot see how serious you are <laughs> looking and teaching this very important information. So whether or not you have a relationship with Pokemon, dear listeners, please know that, yes, Mrs. DiMaria, the mother, <laughs> um, I think it's Edward, oh, yeah. perhaps one of your sons that is love, loves it. Yes, that she takes this very seriously. Very, so very Pokemon seriously. is a young adult. I mean, I mean, really a full adult at this point. So I don't know about full, but yes, it is, it, it's, it is, it's a real thing. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I understand that for some people and some of our midshipmen over the years have been, I, there's gotta be a name for Pokemon people, but they, sure. they, if they, it is, it's a thing, it's a whole thing and it's a thing in our house. So again, what I will tell you, Anne and I talk, we talk about this a lot, I think, with, with anything. There are people for whom Pokemon is a passion. Whether or not you agree with it, whether or not you understand it, whether or not you think it should be something that kids or young adults are passionate about, they are. And there's something to be said for being passionate about something. It's, it's, it's infectious. So you can hear me and I'm taking this seriously and, and you can see that when I'm talking about it. It's because I have a son for whom this is a serious, ex seriously exciting yeah. day. You're 27. Got it. And Matthew Kelly, who I quote from often, 
I believe in one of something he wrote or I saw a video said the Greeks, I believe it was the Greeks who at the end of your life don't ask what you did. They simply ask the question, did they live with passion? So passion is something that makes us, you know, get out of bed in the morning and it's the straw that stirs the drink. Absolutely. And I hope everyone has something that they're passionate about. Of course. And certainly a, a number of people in, in certain parts of the country, but really everywhere, are very passionate about Mardi Gras. That's an exciting time and cultural experience for, for certain areas. Mardi Gras, of course, uh, are the days, weeks even, I know, in New Orleans um, and maybe other places leading up to the beginning of Lent. Uh, but that's certainly a, a fun passion that people have as well. I have never been to New Orleans oh, for Mardi Gras. So great. Yes. I will hear from my old housemate, Gary. So he taught Louisiana state history when we lived there in Louisiana um, for two years. And he refers to himself as the general and he wears, you know, the beads, green, gold, and purple as a, like a sash, as if he's the general of Mardi Gras. So I will hear from him on Tuesday. I always get a Fat Tuesday shout out. It is marvelous, you know, let the good times roll. It is so much fun. What a great subculture in this country. Um, I look forward to it, Haley, but I, all of this is just, it's hard in some ways to celebrate knowing what is going on in our world and thinking about the people of the Ukraine and the fragility of our world in general. Um, the last few days, we've just been, you know, praying and listening and learning about Russian aggression. And I just saw a powerful photo of Russians in St. Peter's, St. Petersburg, who were protesting, peacefully protesting, which was encouraging to see. The Ukraine is the home of 44 million people. Kiev is about two and a half million people. And these are people who, many of who are going to have to leave their home or living in fear. I don't know what they're doing about food, water, any sort of normal life. I don't, I don't know enough right now to know what that looks like if you're in the Ukraine. Um, so we pray for them. And um, I have students that really wanted to talk about it in my sports and spirituality class. And I said to the student, I said, well, I need a link. There needs to be something. I mean, I'm always happy to talk about world events and pray for them. And then sure enough, I heard about this boxer, Vladimir Klitschko. He's a Hall of Fame boxer. His brother is the mayor of Kiev, and he is going to fight for Ukraine. He's been very outspoken, which means that he puts his life in harm's way. He's a public figure. The mayor is obviously a public figure, as is Zelensky, you know, the prime minister, et cetera. These are people who are speaking out against Putin, against Putin's Russia, and their lives are at stake. So we uh, will talk about Vladimir, you know, Klitschko and maybe in what ways his sport would have remotely prompt, you know, enabled him to take on something incredibly scary, you know, fragile um, and demanding if he's going to take up arms. And it is, it is noteworthy because I don't know if we've seen this in our country where you do have a mayor, a politician, a Hall of Fame boxer, celebrities, for lack of a better word, taking up arms to, to lead the charge and fight. I, I, we haven't 
we haven't seen that in our country for yeah. a long time. And yeah. it just speaks to how passionate and how uh, the nationality, the nationalism that they feel in their country that's that I think we're feeling around the world. And I, I hope that the people of Ukraine are feeling our support as well. I know they're hearing us talk about thoughts of their th our thoughts and prayers, and, and I know they feel the prayers coming from around the world, but I hope they also feel the energy and support that we're sending them because it really is inspiring to see this country come together as the David in a David and Goliath type conflict and to see them I, I don't even know what the right word is, not doing as well as they're doing, but just that the unity that they're showing is is remarkable and inspiring in itself. And there's not a whole lot we can do from afar, but we can certainly send our energy and prayers and, and, and support that and really be, uh, it's really admirable. I yeah. don't even, I don't even have the right words to even, I can't imagine what it must be like living in that country right now. No, I, I have a hard time understanding it. And there's a lot of news coverage. There's a lot to learn. I asked my students, you know, what do you know? What do you want to know? I was very encouraged by what they did know, a lot of information, and there's a lot of things that they do want to know. So uh, we people are dialed in, and I think that's important. And there are a lot of choices that we will be having to make, whether or not it's economic or humanitarian, you know, economic sanctions and whatnot, but humanitarian aid, um, involvement if this continues to other countries. For example, my good friend's husband is from Poland. They have already prepared his apartment that he owns. It's empty. They, when they go there, they stay there for refugees to use the space available. But they've also talked to her in-laws and her extended family in Poland, his extended family, that please come here if you need to because of a perceived threat, who knows? So as uh, the days and weeks unfold, it, I, I, I don't know enough to know, and none of us know what is to be, but uh, I wanted to mention that in light of all the things that are happening this week. Ash Wednesday, it's Wednesday, and that's a day of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So it's this is the perfect topic to bring to Lent. Yes. And... Yes. Um, and I look forward to talking more about it, so. Absolutely, and it is inspiring, encouraging is probably a better word, knowing that your students are asking you. I know my young adults are engaged in this. They're reading about it. They're talking about it in their classes with one another, with their friends. I don't know how in tune I was to world events when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. And maybe that's because they have so much access to news these days, much more so than we did at, at our at that age. It's it's really at their fingertips at, at any given time yeah. on their phone. But there is there is it is encouraging to know that young adults are taking an active interest in in these world affairs and and hopefully we can encourage that and and continue to raise and educate these young people so that we do there there will be change that comes about. No doubt. No doubt about it. So, so anything else cooking here before we move to the stew, Haley? So just um, meal. besides 
besides Pokemon in our house, we had, so today I attended my second ever, well, second, third, and fourth rugby games. I had seen one rugby game before my nephew played for the Air Force Academy, but my older son, who is a senior in high school, decided that he wanted to play rugby this year. He's never played before. I know nothing about the sport. I'm not sure. He, he knows a little bit more than I do. But even when I, I, I said to him when he got in the car, I said I laughed through that entire first game I watched because I have no idea what's going on. He said, Mom, I don't either. I just do what they tell me to do. But I, it was really fun. It, you know, and I know you're a huge sports fan. I am. We talk about sports a lot. My, my children love to play sports. They're very competitive. I, I watched a sport today that I knew nothing about. I watched my son play a sport that was, is completely new to our family. And I feel like after 20 years of being a parent, I have finally gotten it right when it comes to being a fan. And it comes okay. to being the parent of an athlete because I just sit there, sat there and enjoyed watching him play. I, wow. I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't judge. I didn't even, I don't know if he made a tackle, missed a tackle, did the right thing, threw the ball the right way. I honestly don't even know what, the, I know they won two games. They lost one. I don't even know what it takes to score. I don't know how many points you get when you score. I, I don't know what the score of the games were. I just, again, sat there and enjoyed watching him play and smiled the whole time because it was just so fun to watch him with his friends, running around, laughing, you know, working hard. And I thought, this is what youth sports should be. And again, it's taken me 20 years to get to this point as a parent where I just sat there and watched him play with joy. That's so interesting, Haley, thinking about the role of parents, the role of parents in youth sport, and that it took a sport you knew nothing about to open that up, that joy, and that, you know, unconditional. I mean, you're going to support your son no matter what. Of course. No one questions that, but that's so interesting to hear. Um, yeah. yeah, it was fun. So that was my week. It, it was filled with anticipation for Pokemon. It was filled with anticipation of even knowing if he would make varsity rugby as a senior who's never played before. Yeah, yeah. It was, of course, filled with the very heavy topic of of what's going on in the rest of the world with the Ukraine. Uh, sometimes I think we need that levity in our lives to to balance out uh, the the heaviness, and that's of course the privilege we have. Not you know, living there is is being able to to turn it off. Um, certainly from the TV, not necessarily from our hearts, but it, it was a, it was a, it was a busy week, but, um, it was a good week. How about you? So, yes. So we interviewed for our varsity girls volleyball coach, and it's an interesting perspective because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but any, you know, parents want what's best for their child. And, how they protect their children is done in many different ways. All I want to say is all three candidates were so talented, were so qualified. Each one brought something super interesting to the table. It was an hour long interview for each one. Could have gone longer. Their philosophy, the way they prepared for it. One of my favorite parts is we said, please go to the board. We want you to diagram a play. 
how they taught the play, et cetera. I'm not a volleyball player. I understand the game mostly, but not to the extent. And it's like any sport, it's you speak your own language. It was fascinating. So the moral of this story to me is high school coaches, not everywhere, not every sport, but wow, what they know, it's really impressive. It is uh, It is dynamic. It is something, talk about passion. And their personal stories are all super interesting. So it was work, but it was, that's why I love this job. It's learning about sports through people like these three. So I don't have to make the decision. I got to pass on a recommendation. It gives me the freedom to do that. And uh, I pass it on and that's where it goes. I'm not in charge. Somebody has to make that decision. And I don't envy him or her who makes the ultimate decision because all three are very qualified. So good luck to all of them. Yeah, that is exciting. And you hope that the other two land someplace where they can, Absolutely. can continue to make a, an, a, what sounds like a very positive impact on young girls, which yeah. it, that's it's a privilege. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are you chewing on this week in terms of our spiritual stew? What's cooking? So What's spoke to you? I found, so first of all, and I know I've talked about this before, the gospel on Ash Wednesday is always my favorite one of the year. It is, um, they read it, it's, they read it every year on Ash Wednesday. So I can probably talk about that next week because one thing that, because re- I've spoken about it before, but one thing that really stuck out to me was I found, and, and Anne, you've probably seen this because you're. Um, better with papal stuff than I am. But Pope Francis answered the question, you know, what do you want to fast this Lent? And I've seen this written several times in different places, and I'll post it. But it's a little long, but I'm going to read it probably pretty quickly. But it's fast from hurting words and say kind words, fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. That one I love. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your heart with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent so you can listen. So, of course, during Lent, we often talk about what are we going to give up? We usually it's I shouldn't say usually for many people, it's desserts, it's chocolate, it's alcohol, it's something. And I myself included every year, I think I'm going to lose 10 pounds during Lent because I'm going to give up sugar. I, this spoke to me, Pope Francis's words spoke to me because this is really what God is asking us to do. So we may fast from alcohol, having a drink glass of wine every night, but the purpose of that is to give that up and think about offering that up in a spiritual way. What Pope Francis, at least this is, that's my take. What Pope Francis here is asking us to do is really change our hearts So this is a lot here. It's a lot that I read. I think what I am going to do is choose one per week to focus on. And hopefully they'll build upon each other so that when we get to the end of the 40 plus days, 
I've worked through a number of these. So fasting from hurting words, sadness, anger, pessimism, worries, complaints, pressures, bitterness, selfishness, grudges, and words so that I can be silent and listen. That's transformative. Am I going to be able to do it? I'm going to try. Yeah, go for it. I think it's beautiful. It's definitely a, a spiritual work, spiritual work of mercy. And I'm going to say this, Haley, and it's not to contradict anything. I am very both and because all, I mean, as you were reading them, each one spoke to me in a different way. Mm -hmm. And there's different, you know, weeks or relationships, a week at a time or a relationship that needs each one of those. And I am, I am a firm believer in giving up something because, mm -hmm. and this is why someone who gives up sweets, there is an internal battle for me and I feel it every I day. Feel it when, yes. When I, after lunch, I always want a little sugar rush and, and on some days I win and on some days I don't. And it was more the Greeks that talked about it than per se in Christianity, but control of the body whether it's the appetites, whether it's the food, appetite for food or for sex, they talk about that really is what separates us as a species, so to speak. So I like to name it. And I like, you can also track your progress a little bit easier. I mean, when I decide not to, and I feel that same way when I want to say something snarky, one of our favorite words, and then I hold back, the, no doubt about it, there's the battle. But the easy way for me to measure that is with the fasting and I, I just believe in the spiritual disciplines that over time in all traditions, like Gandhi did this. I mean, it's not unique to Christianity. So I want to just lean into that wisdom. Um, and there's my elm again. That should be my, <laughs> my, that's what we should like, promise to be more intentional about language and how I speak. I would, I want to invite in both. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I, I am with you. And I think the the giving up the sweets, the chocolate, the alcohol, whatever it is, again, that I think that's it's because it's something tangible, you're right, that we can judge ourselves on, that we can say we did it or we didn't. You know, giving up something like bitterness. bitterness. Right. Yeah. How do I measure that? Have I really first of all, am I bitter? You know, so how, if I, do I even recognize the bitterness in me? Because you can't get rid of it if you don't even recognize it. So I, I well, do. And that's the question right there. The invitation, right? Right. By saying, wow, this is asking me to examine. I, I would hate to admit it. I think I am in some ways. Of course it's, you know, we it's are. It's It's there. It's, yep. It shows up. So there is a huge invitation. Absolutely. But, but. But again, that it's that seems very subjective, and giving up sugar is or giving up chocolate is very objective, right? Objective. We know we're doing it, yes. so I I get yes. it. Yes. So uh, yes. so I'm with you on the and I will do the and, yeah. but yes. I I like the subjective objective framing as well because we live in a world of both, right? So right, bring it. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna talk about Operation Rice Bowl, which is a Catholic tradition during Lent, it, uh, it can be used for the almsgiving portion, that arm of Lent, 
Operation Rice Bowl gives money to two thirds of it is international, one third is domestic. CRS, Catholic Relief Services, is the relief agency of the Catholic Church. Like UNICEF, like I on my Facebook scroll, I saw a number of organizations giving to the Ukraine and they are collecting money for the Ukraine. I'll be talking to students about that in class. So it says, your help is needed where there are already 2.9 million people in need of assistance. There is great risk of additional suffering uh, for those within the Ukraine and surrounding countries. CRS and our partners are preparing. We need immediate support to meet ongoing needs as well as those related to families forced to flee their homes as the situation intensifies. So they are calling on us to give, which I'm glad they are. And Operation Rice Bowl goes to places in the world where there are refugees, where there are people in crisis, and it gives that money. So I always teach a little bit about Rice Bowl. For example, say I gave up swearing and I messed up. Okay, that's a quarter in the Rice Bowl. Or maybe it's just every day I wanna, as I'm getting organized, go through my wallet, give a little bit. For everybody, it's different how do we plan to do it, but I want this blunt to really teach about uh, Rice Bowl. And again, it's a tangible, it's a visible way of seeing our alms, because alms giving is prayers and, and giving to the poor. It's another objective way to see what we can give. Uh, there's the invitation and is it transformative? I hope so. Right. If we save lives, there's no doubt about it. Yes. So yes. Excellent. I love that. And it's, it is transformative. And part of our faith is giving in ways that we may not see the results, right? Or we pray, we may not know the answer. Uh, that's again, part of our faith is, is giving with no expectation of return and also not knowing, just not knowing, but giving, but giving anyway. Yeah, and that's such a great linkage to faith. Faith is belief without seeing. Right. It is taking that leap. And this is an act of faith. Fortunately, they do report what they make, but we don't we don't know. And I think that's a really wonderful way of thinking about living out our faith as we're called to do. So what a great takeaway for the week. I love it. I love it. I don't know if I I need to figure out how I would incorporate something like that. I would, it would have to be some, I, I would, I would, I'd just throw my quarters in by the mouthful of M&Ms, I think. I don't know. I don't know. It'd have to be like a hundred dollars a goof up. To really, the stakes are high. Well, I do give up sugar. That's why I was laughing and I hate it. Um, and I then do this whole rationalization, like, okay, well, I can have something once a day as my cheat out, but that's not good. Yep. So I've been thinking about what I could have that's a little bit sweet, but like almond milk or something, you know, just trying again, because I, part of me goes in like thinking I'm going to fail, but I don't want to fail. I want to, I want to make this choice. I want to make the sacrifice. I do. So I think you need to not look at it as failing. That's that's a pretty strong word. Yes. One of the best gifts that we receive as Christians is forgiveness and compassion. And I don't think you having a Hershey kiss after lunch, (laughs) I don't think Jesus would see that as failing. Uh, so, so have some grace as well. It's that, that 
chocolate chip cookie there. I won't be baking for the next few weeks. Ah, so. Well, it's, yeah, it's, um, there's certainly a lot of gluttony going on right now as many people are celebrating Mardi Gras. I know my son is attending a pancake breakfast on Tuesday. That is something that is yep. a very popular event in parishes across the country. We have actually never attended one. Our church does one. They oh, do a, really? They do a pancake dinner. No, we haven't. Yeah. They do a pancake dinner every Tuesday, every that evening Tuesday. of that Tuesday. Yeah. And Fun. we've always had sports or huh. I can make pancakes at home. I We've never, which I know is not the point. The point is to come together and celebrate as a community. But his school is is doing one before before school Tuesday morning, so he will do pancake That's breakfast. Fun. It made me smile because it's yeah. something that I think of every year. It's something that I know is a very big part of many people, certainly Catholics, yeah. faith tradition and family traditions as they move into Ash Wednesday and Lent. It's something that important. I've always thought was kind of neat, and yet yep. it's no one in our family has ever done it. So I think it was, I think it's kind of neat that he will do that for the first time. Well, who doesn't love a good pancake? Exactly. Coffee and light. Yum. Yes. So enjoy. Yes, he will. Our Pokemon celebrant will enjoy his pancakes. His pancakes. And then, Tuesday. and then go play rugby in the afternoon yes. during practice. So not, not, a bad, not a bad game. No. If I say so myself. So. No, not at all. So Here's to a, a peaceful week in our hearts. This is, this, we are moving into the holiest time and we are moving towards the holiest time in the church. Advent is truly a time of, of anticipation and, and preparation. We've seen, we'll see purple come back into, uh, into the church. It's similar to Advent in the time of anticipation, different, waiting for something different. It's, really? It's an, it's just, it's an, ex, I see it as an exciting time. I know people probably view Christmas as more exciting, but I, as much as I love Advent, I love, I appreciate Lent and I look forward to examining, doing more of an examination of my faith and also not eating dessert, but using that time that when I think that I want to eat that cookie to really come up with a prayer or come back to my words of St. Francis or excuse me, Pope Francis and to dive into that when I really want something sweet. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's my big, that's my takeaway. And we'll see how I do. If, if they're the words of St. Francis, you're in good shape. I love his prayer. Yes. And yes, the invitation of Pope Francis, I will be using that in class. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's a wonderful way to speak about just a living spirituality. That is a spiritual exercise in addition to maybe the more objective spiritual exercises that people will practice by giving up whatever it is they choose. So happy holy-ish week. Can we say that to the holy week? Holy-ish week. Holy, yes, we yeah, can. Well, we said you it. You know, that's Mardi Gras and that's Ash Wednesday. So we're, we're gearing up. Let's go. Let's roll, as they say. We are. Sounds good. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Haley. You too.